Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. My guest for this episode is Jenny Randall, author of the book, The Courageous Creative. Jenny is an author, speaker, and Emmy award-winning video editor. In this episode, Jenny talks about her personal 10-year journey of saying yes to the calling God had for her life as a writer and a speaker. She also offers practical advice for anyone to discover, nurture, and unleash their own God-given creative potential. You can access the show notes for today's episode, including where to find Jenny online at donsather.com slash 025. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Download the free daily planning tool, The Peak Page. This free tool will help you overcome procrastination and create more clarity, focus, and results in your day. Download your free copy at donsadler.com slash peak. And now, let's meet Jenny. Hi, Jenny. Welcome to the show. Hi, Don. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I love that you're here. I am really excited about this because to my knowledge, you are the very first Emmy award-winning guest that we've ever had on the podcast. So I am super excited. I know we're going to hear more about that story, um, but, uh, but we've got a lot to talk about today that I know is going to really resonate with our listeners. So um, let's just jump right in. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, sure. So I am a mom. I have two young kids. They are six and five who they just started school full time. So, which is wonderful because it's freeing my husband and I up to work full time on our marketing company. We run a marketing company and we also run a ministry. So we do both of those throughout the day and ministry work consists of me um, doing speaking and writing and really helping to empower people to live with impact, um, specifically creatives. That's the season I'm in right now for that. And then um, for our marketing world, we help businesses live with impact. So it's been fun to kind of see both marketing and ministry intertwine in uh, the uniqueness of what we do. So that's how I spend my days. Um, (laughs) it's It's been a journey to get to this point. So tell me a little bit about that journey. Tell me how you got to where you are now, what you were doing before, and what you feel like God's call in your life is and how that interweaves throughout all of this. Yeah, so I we're going to go way back to third grade, Dawn. So I just... <laughs> I made awesome. a, I made a film. Well, we'll use that term loosely. I made a hot mess of a video for our teacher. My friends and I got together. We made a video for a teacher who was on maternity leave and we wanted to like honor her. So we made this video and watching her watch it in front of the class was one of the most transformational things for me because she was responding to something that I was communicating through video. She was laughing when it was supposed to be funny. She was actually getting emotional. And in that moment, it kind of, um, 
was one of those moments that defined me where I was like, okay, I want to do whatever this is. I mean, I'm in third grade. So I'm like, whatever this is, I want to do this forever. So I was on this journey of figuring out what that actually was. So I dabbled in, I was a DJ for a while. Um, I met Jesus at at 18 and my prayer was, Lord, I want to I want to make an impact. How are you going to use me? And I felt like he said, you're going to influence all aspects of media. And at the time I was studying TV in college, which is like totally the best major ever because you just get to make stuff all day. Um, mm-hmm. So from there, I moved out to Hollywood um, in my with a dream in my heart to be a video editor. And of course, that doesn't happen right away. You need to cultivate relationships and start from the bottom up and, and work your way into that role. And eventually I was a video editor for behind the scene featurettes on big movies um, from like DreamWorks Studios and Paramount and all these different studios. So I, I did that for a while. And then God called me to help some of my friends launch a church. And I was doing that while also um, freelancing as an editor. And that's where I met my husband and we got married, had a child, and then moved back to upstate New York. Um, and And now... It's been six years since we've been here in New York, and I was reading through old journals the other day, and I saw what the Lord said, you're going to influence all aspects of media. And at the time, I was like, oh, well, I'm a behind-the-scenes kind of person. Like, this makes sense. I'll maybe produce things or whatever, but I can see how he's orchestrating it. And of course, it's it's never how I imagined. It's not <laughs> what I thought it would look like, but it's it's been amazing. It's been hard. And I just, I mean, all glory to God, because who knows, I don't know what I'm doing, but it's been really, really fun. Yeah. I think that's such a great story. And, um, I studied TV in college too. And you I, did? yeah, we have so many parallels in our story. It's really funny, <laughs> but, um, but I don't have an Emmy, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, but I do want to talk because in our pre-interview, we had just this really, really great discussion all around um, you feeling like you were called to write and speak. Yeah. Now, let's just start right off the back, right off the bat, excuse me, that you have a new book coming out. I'm going to come back to the speaker part, but you have a new book that's coming out, um, in October, uh, here just shortly. Tell us a little bit about that book just to start. Yeah. The book's called courageous creative and it, I basically call it a discipleship guide for creatives and it's broken up into three parts. And the first part is just setting the foundational truth that you are meant to be creative. God wants to empower you with his God-given creativity to influence culture around you. And then the second, the middle part of the book talks about the things that kill our creativity, like um, fear of failure, criticism, people-pleasing, stress, um, lack of time, all these different things that can kind of stifle our creativity because statistics show as our age increases, our our creativity actually decreases, which is so sad. So I'm on a mission to help uh, empower people in their creative nature again. And then the last part of the book actually unleashes, teaches you how to unleash that creativity that you've been given out into the world. And my favorite part about well, there's two favorite parts that I have about the book. There's other industry experts who are in the creative space who gave their best tips and tricks throughout the book. So we have photographers, um, 
producers and Hollywood screenwriters. So they're helping people in their creative process as well. And not only that, but we're literally every day, it's 31 days and every single day, it gives you a creative challenge to actually help you activate that in you. So it's telling, but it's also calling you to do. So I I'm really excited about the project. I can't wait. I can't wait for people to get their hands on it. I love that. And what I really love about you is that you have agreed that a little bit later on in this episode, you're going to walk through some practical, um, just some practical tools that our listeners can implement um, to be more courageous creatively. But before we get to that, I want to back up because there's another part of your story that I think a lot of our listeners could really relate to. And it has to do with stepping, you know, as you said, you really saw yourself as a behind the scenes person and you felt like God was calling you to the forefront as a writer and as a speaker. And I'm just curious, tell us a little bit about that part of your story. How did that begin? How did you first start to feel that call? And how did you respond when it happened? Yeah. So, uh, man, so I felt called maybe 12 years ago to be a speaker. And this is when I transitioned over to helping my friends onto church and I was doing the editing thing. So I was kind of in both worlds and I, and that's all I got. That's the only memo. God's like, you're called to be a speaker. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, and I got vulnerable with a friend one day and I was like, I feel called to speaking. And that, and you know, with a new dream, Dawn, it's so fragile. Like it is so like, you want to puke your guts out even saying that. So (laughs) I always tell people, if you're not going to puke your guts out after saying that God given dream, then you need to dream a little bit more. (laughs) I love that benchmark. (laughs) Yeah. So I almost puked my guts out. I said it. And the person's response was, was this, well, why would you do that? And literally that's all, that's how they said it. And being struggling with like people pleasing, I totally twisted those words into being like, well, why would you do that? You're the worst person in the whole entire world. You're not called to that. And like, I created this whole conversation that didn't even happen. And it literally stifled me for 10 years, 10 Mm -hmm. years. And, um, so, but you know, with any dream, it just lurks in the back of your mind. And I would see other women get up and speaking and I would just be so, I would gravitate towards that and be like, man, I really think I could do that. And I, I wouldn't think that in an arrogant way, but I think God was just, you know, he put that on my heart and I was connecting when other people were walking in that. And eventually I got the guts again. And I told my best friend and she was like, 100%, of course you can do that. And she ended up, sponsoring me to go to a speaker writer conference, which like, I cannot tell you how often, like how much God orchestrated when I said yes, all the things that he orchestrated to position me to where I am right now is just miracle after miracle after miracle. And I had to repent because it took me way, way long to get to that point of saying yes, but I'm so thankful that I did. I think that's such a good point about repentance. I think that there is, uh, it's interesting. I had a conversation with somebody else recently and she was saying that, um, it had that same conversation about repentance. Like, I don't believe you, God. I don't believe that I'm qualified for what you're calling me to. I don't like, you must've gotten it wrong. And that there's such peace in repentance in saying, uh, yeah, I'm not qualified. I need you, God. I realize that. Um, and I, 
and, and repentance seems like such a hard word, right? It seems like such a, like a browbeating word, but it's really not. It's really a key to peace when it comes to saying yes to our calling and just repenting of all the ways that we make other things our God, like our fear or something that somebody said, like some, like what someone said to you or people pleasing, as you also mentioned. And so, um, I definitely have a heart. I think a lot of our listeners can probably relate to that idea of, you know, you felt stifled for 10 years. You had this dream. You really wanted it. Um, but you were kind of stuck in, you know, feeling like for whatever reason you couldn't move forward. And I'm just curious, what would you say now, knowing your life as it is now, what would you say to that person who was sitting in that 10 years? What encouragement would you give her from where you're standing now? Yeah, well, I had this Holy Spirit moment that that transformed everything for me. So I think if I share that story, it might encourage others. There, there was this moment where, in the the my mindset kept saying, "Who do I think I am to do this? Who do I think I am to do this?" And like I'm I'm Ill, ill-equipped. I'm not qualified. All the things, right? I made a list, and. I, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it, but God said, who do you think I am? Mm. And it was a moment, again, that marked my timeline of like, oh man, that hurts, but it feels so good because he's the one that is calling you. And so why are we waiting to jump on board when if, and I think a lot of times we'll, um, over-dramatize this, this calling that we have in, a beautiful way, but in a way that stifles up for us from moving forward. So if we just focus on, okay, my one purpose in life is to glorify God. That is my purpose. Maybe God will use that throughout um, different seasons in life. That's going to look in a lot of different ways. But if we just say yes to glorifying God, and then when he asks us to do something, if we actually did it, then we'll begin to walk out those dreams within whatever season we're in. So that, that having, carrying that mindset, who do I think God is? I think God is so big. I think he is all powerful. I think he knows what's best for my life. I want to align my story with his. That's where I landed. And I just hope and pray that encourages everybody that's listening. That's kind of in that in-between of what do I do next? I love that. How would you, um, I'm just curious because this comes up a lot and we talk a lot about it on the podcast, just because I hear it so much in talking to people, but what would you say to somebody who's maybe in a, in a season like the 10 years that you walk through the difference between this is me not trusting God and that's keeping me from moving forward. The difference between that and this is a season in which I am planted underground because God is preparing me for something that he has later. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. And I've been in both of those seasons because um, when we're in that season, so it's more of a season of preparation where we have to be patient. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) gosh, that's such a hard one. So, I, I, I mean, all we can do, and I mean, conviction hits every time I'm in this too, trying to do the holy hassle where you just try to make things happen and you just try to align everything and you just try to be noticed or whatever it is, um, God's conviction has been so strong in that, like, okay, just let it go. Why, like, this is what he says. Why don't you invite me into your process? And mm-hmm. I think I, I did, but there's been points times where he's called me out on that. And I've had to repent and be like, I am so sorry, God. Like, like this is totally do whatever you want to do. And whenever I have had that moment of total surrender and like not 
making me push things forward or not being settled in those moments of where I need to be patient. Whenever I've let it go and surrendered, um, typically, and I'm not, I want to be careful how I word this, but typically after the full surrender, things have moved forward mm-hmm. because God's pushed them forward and it wasn't my own doing. So I don't know if how that operates for you, Don, and I don't know. I'm sure it's different across the board, but for me and my experiences, whenever I reach that point of repentance and surrender, then, uh, you know, God does this thing and opens up space for God to be in it. I really love how you articulated that because, um, I have such a, like, sometimes it's hard for me to pinpoint how, why I hate the the word hustle so much. It's all over. Oh, I hate it too. Media. I hate that word. I, hate it. I think it's so, and people, you know, use it within the context of the holy hustle. Hate and it. I know that we're called to act, but I, I do think you're right. I think, you know, we try and try and try and push and push and push and strive and strive and strive in our own strength. And it's so counterintuitive that sometimes the door that we are trying, you know, pounding on, trying to get to open, we need to retreat, repent, surrender, and then suddenly all the doors open because that's what God wants for us is to know that he's the one opening the doors, not us. Yeah. And they're better doors than we could have ever imagined too. Yeah. 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 And so how do you walk that line between, um, between knowing I, we're not going to use the word hustle, but just knowing yeah. like, here's my part and here's God's part. Yeah. Th- this has been something, um, that I'm really trying to grow in because like I was telling you earlier, my husband and I, we, we run a marketing company and a ministry and we have two little kids and my personality type, I'm a high D and I on the disc assessment. So I'm like a leader that loves to get stuff done. Um, my, my biggest struggle and best asset is that I can, um, perform, I can get stuff done and I can carry vision, but that leads to a unhealthy performance mentality sometimes. So that's kind of what we're talking about here is like, um, working so much. So doing this hustle thing that we're not, we're not creating space to settle into God's presence and really, really consult with him and be like, okay, well, what are you doing here? Because I'm making this all about my, me doing stuff. Um, so I really had to be self-aware and ask God to help me, of course, with this, because I want, I want my work boundaries to align with what's best for my family and the season I'm in. I want to create space to hear his voice. Um, so it's just really being self-aware and then being comfortable when God says, okay, you need to pause right here and just settle and hang out, like spend time with me and he will shift our focus to wherever it needs to be. So that's, that's the only advice I have on that. I'm definitely not an expert, but really, really trying to learn. I think to knowing my personality and um, how God wired me has been really, really helpful because it's given me space to, okay, yeah, I can achieve things and I can lead people, but it's also uh, made me self-aware to the point where, okay, this can also be detrimental. Right. I have the same profile, the D and the I, and I feel like um, I, you know, we trusting God and at the same time, I think God needs, God doesn't need anything, but I, I, I think God needs people who can run with the ball, who are not yes. afraid to take the ball and move it down the field. Yeah. 
And so I struggle with that a little bit. So I was really curious. We didn't talk about that in the pre-interview, but I was just curious about your thoughts on that since I do think it's a, it's a fine line to continually be walking to be that, you know, DI profile and still walk in humility and repentance and surrender. Like we talked about earlier, um, always looking to be led instead of asking God to follow where we think we should be headed. That's Um, good. That's good, Don. It's so true. That's based, that sums it all up that I'm going to like write that down and remind myself (laughs) every day. (laughs) Okay. Let's switch gears because I am so excited to jump into the book and, um, and just some practical insights. First of all, before we get started into like the three stages Tell me who is this for? Is this for the person who knows that they're creative? Is this for the person who doesn't identify as a creative? Like, tell me who this book is for. I think it's for both. Um, There have been creatives who, some people have gotten the pre-release, but I think actually by the time this episode comes out, it'll be released fully into the world. But people that have read it so far that are already creative have... Um, it's brought them more self-awareness into the thing that's actually holding them back in their creativity. So it's, it's created that, um, space for them to reflect and further their creativity. And then the person that has thinks they're not creative, uh, it challenges them to rethink of how they're viewing creativity and really analyze their own God-given uniqueness and how he's made them to be creative. It just looks different from how they have always looked at that term creativity. So since God is the creator and we are made in God's image, do you think that we're all inherently creative to some extent? I do. I definitely 100% do. And the most simplest um, definition of creativity that I love is the act of making stuff. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it like that, it's like, well, what do I, what do I make? A lot of people make high decisions in their business or they make pizza. I don't know. It's like, whatever you're making is how you're designed to be creative. So I think when we can look at that from that perspective, it really opens up our minds to see where God's story aligns with, with yours. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Okay. So let's jump in. This is really the meat and potatoes of this episode. And I'm so excited to jump right in. So the first stage is all about setting foundation. Tell us a little bit about how we can set that foundation for our creativity. Yeah. So we just kind of touched on it. Um, Just knowing that you are created to create and that when you do decide to step out in your creative nature, you're actually glorifying God in it because he is the source that fuels that creativity for us. Um, I know for my husband, I mean, he, he's a San Diego and San, I don't know if I said that right. <laughs> he's from San Diego, mm-hmm. um, born and raised. He loves surfing and he connects with God so much when he's in those waves and just in nature. So I think too, it's, realizing how you connect with God and how you get fuel and then just being intentional to be in that space to look at the ultimate creator as the source of our own inspiration and then to walk in freedom in that. Yeah. And what are some of the ways if somebody was saying, okay, well, I need to get creative or I need to tap into, um, you know, tap into God as the source of that creativity. And what are some, like, what are some starting points? Like for me, I live a block from the park, so I go to the park and that helps me. That's our version of nature here in New York. Yeah. <laughs> but um, what are some, what are some practical ways that people could get started if they don't have any idea? Yeah. So studies show that when you actually go on a walk 
and you're in silence, which it might be hard to do in the city, but if you go for a walk in silence, like you don't listen to a podcast, sorry, Don, or you don't <laughs> turn off the podcast right now. No, I'm kidding. Um, so if you go for a walk in silence and you just let your mind race, a lot of the times creative ideas come in. And then the next step is actually write those ideas down. I like to challenge people to carry a little notebook with them, not use your phone, but carry a physical notebook and a pen around with you all day long and just write down all the creative thoughts that you have. Or if you're struggling in work with a creative solution or, um, you're working on a project, write down the questions you have for that project and then see if Holy Spirit will give you wisdom throughout the day and then jot it down. Cause a lot of the times I'll get woken up with creative ideas and I'm like, this is genius. I am never going to forget this idea. And then you fall back asleep and you wake up and you're like, Oh rats. Like I totally have no idea. So write stuff down. The act of physically writing stuff down kind of cements it in your brain far more than if we were to like text ourselves. <laughs> I love that. Now you're a mom of two small children. Yep. And so I'm guessing that there's probably not a whole lot of quiet in your house, which a lot of our listeners can relate to if they've got small kids. So if, if somebody is in a, an environment where it just feels like it's really hard, like they can't necessarily take that time. Um, what are some ways that people can tap into that even in the middle of like a really busy day? Yeah. Play with your kids. I cannot tell you how much I've, I, and listen, in the midst of writing this book, I was stifling my kids' creativity. So it is like our human nature to squander God's best. Unfortunately, thank you, Jesus, for fixing us. But um, I would find, they'd be like, I want to paint. And I'd be like, eh, just my stress and my tiredness wouldn't help them to enter into that. So playing with your kids, um, the most creative the best creative age studies have shown is uh, four and five. So as I was writing my book, my kids were that age. So I would just sit and play with them and let, I mean, they're so imaginative and entering in to that creative space really freed me up to first be self-aware that, man, I was totally bombing at this and I need to play with them more and really reevaluate. And then two, it's great. And it's fun to hang out with your kids. And yeah, so just entering in. And if you don't have kids around you, then, um, do silly exercises. Like you can be intentional to stretch your creativity for even five minutes a day. Mm. And there's plenty of ways you can do that. I, I like to challenge people to, um, do, uh, let's see, let me think of one to do the sound effects game. This is a fun, practical one. People can do like make the sound of sirens going off and then you just use your mouth and make that sound. So I know it's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it's also really, really fun. That sounds great. And I think it's so brilliant just to tap into if the most creative age is four and five, it makes perfect sense that playing with your kids and tapping into their creative creativity and being inspired by them and how they see the world. Um, that sounds, it's a brilliant, brilliant. Um, let's jump into things that kill people's creativity. What are some common things that keep people from being creative? So the biggest two studies have shown is stress and lack of time or like horrible time management. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, of course, we want to point everything back to Jesus. So just honoring God with your time and being really intentional uh, to ask him, okay, what can I do for today? How do you want me to spend my day? Um, and then for stress, it's like 
realizing being self-aware when you're in the, the business world or whatever creativity thing, creative thing you're working on, noticing if you're feeling that stress rise up, how are you responding in stressful situations? Are you like shoving your computer on the ground and getting all angry? Or are you able to invite God in the situation and ask for peace? So I think it's just creating those moments where you can be self-aware and really um, understand your creative process. I think that's huge when you can understand your creative process. And even like we were touching on earlier, understand your personality and how God has wired you. I think it really frees us up in expressing our creative nature, how God designed us to do it. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, another parallel to our stories is I also run a marketing company and a ministry, and I know how hectic that life can be. Yeah. And one of, one of the things that I've been super convicted about, particularly in relation to my creativity, is honoring the Sabbath. And taking that day as, you know, it sort of gets back to that hustle conversation because I could work seven days a week. I'm sure you could too. Yeah. It's a personality thing, I think, in part. And we love what we do, right? Yeah. And we love what we do. Yeah. But having that day to say, you know what, God, I'm not going to do anything because I know that this is ultimately in your hands, not mine. And giving, you know, we're much more intentional than I have been for many years about just honoring the Sabbath, getting out, going to museums, wherever I can go, both my husband and I, wherever we can go to get filled back up creatively is something that just really in the last year, we've really had to focus on prioritizing. And it makes a huge difference when like you said, you just get out of that, um, you know, get out of that day to day and just allow yourself the space mentally for God to speak to you. Yeah. Don, have you found since you've taken that time and been intentional now, is it easier to honor that Sabbath time or is it still, are you still like training yourself? It's such a good question. It's something of both. I actually crave it now. Um, Our Sabbath is on Saturday because my husband works for the church. And so Sundays are crazy for us. Um, But uh, I'm not perfect at it. I will be the first to say I'm not perfect at it. But but I do crave it. I'm like, if I don't get that time, I'm not going to. Because once you take that time to tap into that creativity again, then all the work becomes much easier. Something that would take me 12 hours, I can do in four hours because I've got some fresh vision and some fresh mental space. Do you find that that's true for you as well? Oh yeah, completely. Yep. Yeah. 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 Um, Okay. So let's move on to the third part, which is unleashing um, creativity. What are some ways that people can unleash creativity? Yeah. So the biggest thing is realizing that as a believer, you're called to also be an influence influencer mm-hmm. and our creativity, I believe is the biggest, greatest weapon that we can carry because it's how God wants to, um, bring in solutions for like social justice issues, or he wants to use our influence in in the entertainment industry or to communicate in a different way. So I think having like fully understanding that, uh, really frees you up to unleash it and saying, okay, this is God's creativity flowing through me. What does he have for me? And then um, being obedient and actually stepping into that thing he's called you to do and trusting him with it and realize that it most likely won't be an overnight success. Um, but it's a process. We're all in process. And I think the yes we say to God today might be, might seem little, 
but it creates space for that, for the momentum to carry you to those big influential moments where God wants to use you as well. So it's, are you being faithful with the small stuff? Um, and really just going after it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I love that. Just saying yes to the small stuff. Um, do you find that a lot of people just want to go straight for the big stuff? I want the big moment, but just those <laughs> small yeses. The details. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's personality too. So if you're a person that carries high vision and is a big dreamer, it might be harder to do the tactile, uh, like daily tasks, mundane tasks that you have to go through to get there. So another thing too, to mention is unleashing your creativity. You should surround yourself with creative community. So my husband, he's also my business partner, but he's really great at the logical, numbers, like he is that person. And I'm just like, I was just describing the the big dreamer that wants to do all these massively huge things. And so he being in community with him has really um, helped me walk out in the things I'm called to. And I think God too will align the people around you. I think in the creative community, we're called to support other people's callings, of course, and champion them in their calling. And then they also, God will call them to support yours. We don't always know what it looks like. We don't know what it feels like, but just being in that space, being in that community, whether it's just to brainstorm or just talk about our process is so powerful or even pray over one another. It's so powerful and so valuable in empowering the creative to actually walk that thing out. And if there was a listener right now, I think that's great. If there's a listener right now and they are saying, yeah, I really want that community. I don't have it right now. What are some ways that you would suggest that they can build, begin to build that community around them? Yeah, I'm a huge fan of the local church. There's such value in being tapped into that community. So I, I would advise maybe talking in with to the sound department or where, wherever, however your church functions within the creative elements, whether it's like on-screen graphics or um, complementing the service with like theatrical moments, like whatever that looks like for your church community, find that person that's in charge there and just say, hey, can I, can I serve in any way? Uh, that's been a great way to open up community. I know a lot of different cultures within churches, uh, some have creative communities and some don't. So I think you can pray obviously and ask God for that community, but also be proactive in searching it out within your own spaces. That's great. That's great. Um, in just a moment, we're going to wrap up with our final five. Um, but just for the person who's like, first of all, our listener, if you if there's a listener and they're like, oh my gosh, I need more of this, please go buy Jenny's book. It's going to be available in October, Courageous Creative. Um, but just sort of overall, as we wrap this up, what are some, what is some like kind of highlight moments that you would say to somebody who wants to be more courageous creatively? I know we covered a lot of really great stuff, but if you were to wrap it all up, what would you say is an encouragement? I would just say, be, be intentional, be Mm -hmm. intentional and faithful to the things God has called you to. Um, and if you're like, he hasn't put a dream on my heart right now, still be intentional to foster and stretch that muscle of creativity. You have to work it out. It's something you have to cultivate. So whether it's five minutes every day to like do a freestyle rap or to do writing exercises, or even grab the book and go through the creative challenges that are in courageous creative, just be intentional to cultivate that creativity and build that muscle because 
because the more you do, the greater it's going to grow and the greater your capacity is going to grow in creative expression. And I believe the more you dive into this creative nature, God's going to open up opportunity. And listen, Don, I started as a video editor, but now I'm at I'm and I'm not ending, but now I'm in a season of marketing. So you you might have this one track of mind of oh I'm called over here, but it's really stepping into this holistic view of creativity and knowing that God can use that in any way He desires. Like I never thought I would write a book, and here I am. So trusting Him overall with this creative aspect and being intentional to walk it out is the most valuable thing you can do. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So let's, um, let's switch gears to the final five, five questions designed to further resource our listeners. So we'll start with other than the Bible, what is one book that changed your life and why? Sean Bolz's translating God. Have you read that book? Not yet. I have it and I haven't read it yet. Okay. Well, Don, get on that. No, I'm kidding. Um, he, I was on this journey of what does it look like to hear God's voice in a healthy way? What does it look like to um, understand how those giftings, like the prophetic and words of knowledge, what does that look like and how can I express it? And his book has transformed ministry and life for me. He, his resources are phenomenal. That's so great. Um, other than this podcast, what is uh, one podcast that you're listening to now and why? Uh, I am loving Mike Foster's, it's called Fun Therapy. And he, he invites leaders on and he digs into why people are the way they are. And it's like, literally like, I think I've almost cried every episode because I love figuring out why people are the way they are and how we're designed and uniquely designed. So his podcast has been so fun, but it's like an emotional roller coaster, and you just root for the people. It's been phenomenal to listen to. What is your favorite Bible verse and why? Romans 12, 2, it's don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world, but let God, tra- let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. It's, it's my life first. I, I never want to be stuck into thinking I have to perform like those around me. I never want to be stuck into, um, oh, I hate saying it this way, but a worldly mindset. Um, I want to be a culture changer and a shifter, and I want God to constantly be challenging me and changing my mind so I can let my light shine bright for him. So that verse kind of sums that up for me. I love that. What's the best business advice you ever received? This one is, you'll probably laugh because this is more on how we're both wired Don. I feel like we're new besties, but (laughs) (laughs) delegating, 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 um, freeing up space. So if, if you have the option to delegate and pay somebody to do some of the stuff that isn't really in your wheelhouse, but delegating stuff out so you can really excel in your area of expertise. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, um, do you find that challenging? I find that so hard. Oh yeah. I'll micromanage all day long, but I give people, (laughs) is that why you find, find it challenging? Yeah. I just feel like I could, I could just do this. I could just do it. Yeah. And I'll do it great. But I, I will give people on my team permission to call me out if I'm like pulling my diva card and being like, so I I think that's kind of created a healthy boundary for us, for me to be like, okay, be free and fly. And then two, you have to be okay with 
their process is going to look different than yours. And if it's getting done and it's high quality, I'm fine with that. (laughs) So, So letting it go. That diva card is my favorite card, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Pull it out for me anytime, Dawn. Now that we're bestie, you have permission. Um, And what advice, I want to go back, you know, you covered a lot of really great advice about um, the Courageous Creative. And again, I'm so excited about the book coming out. I want to go back to that 10-year span where you felt like you were stifled, even though you knew you had a dream. Um, what advice would you give to somebody who is in that space right now? Yeah, I, I had another, I'm like, I'm spilling all my guts on these defining moments with God, but there was a moment where, remember how I said my friend paid for me to go to a conference Mm -hmm. and support the calling. So I was at this conference. This will be just a quick story premise. So take your time. I'm at the conference and it's a speaker writer conference. I'm surrounded by hundreds of women that feel called to do the same thing. I mean, some of them are well in their race ahead of me. Some of them are just starting off like I was and we were worshiping. And I had this ugly cry moment with God where I'm just sobbing, sobbing, sobbing my face off, like ugly cry. And my best friend, Michelle's like, are you okay? Are you okay? It was like awkward. And I'm like, yeah, this is getting awkward. I don't know why I'm crying. So I stepped away. And I went into the prayer room, which they designed for like moments like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just crying out to God and I'll never forget this moment. But he said, do you trust me with the dream I've placed on your heart? Mm-hmm. And I said, yes, I trust you. And he showed me this vision and I, and I hear me out. I'm not the type of person that sees Jesus and like girl cheese sandwiches like this. <laughs> this, this was like a moment that I had with God. So he showed me this vision and it was this black space and there was a little tiny dot and that dot represented me. And he's like, do you trust me? And then there was a dome around me and all in this black space. And that represented my dream. So he said, do you trust me to fill the spaces between you and that dream? And as soon as I said, yes, the space began to lit up and he filled the spaces. And he said, I'm going to fill the spaces between you and your dream. All you have to do is walk in the thing I called you to do today. And that was a transformational moment for me because I said, okay, that seems so easy. It's so simple. So from that point on, I just started walking in the areas and ways he's called me to walk in. And he has filled, Don, he has filled the spaces with resources. He's filled the spaces with finances, with people, with opportunity. Like the list is endless with the miraculous ways he has filled the spaces. And I believe that is for for everybody that is chasing those God-given dreams. It is not about you. It is about honoring and bringing God glory and being obedient to the very thing he's called you to and trusting that he will fill those spaces between you and the dream. And Don, then he said this, and when I fill those spaces, it's going to start to overflow and you have to dream even bigger. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I have seen that walk out in this season of finally stepping into the dream of speaking. I never imagined a book would be on the horizon. And I know he's continually challenging me to dream bigger and, and to walk with him in this process. So that's my advice wrapped up in a beautiful story. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That is, um, you preach it sister. That's amazing. I actually did a little drawing of that because I thought that was such a powerful, um, visual and oh good. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of our listeners will really get, um, a lot out of that too. Thank you. So we're going to, um, 
we're going to wrap up with um, asking you to pray over our listeners. And I know you shared with me before we hit record that you were praying and really had a specific word for someone today. And so I'm just going to turn this whole thing over to you and um, just let you pray and share what God's put on your heart. Okay. Thank you so much, John. All right. Lord, we come to you, God, and we are so thankful for this time we got to spend together. I lift up Dawn and all the listeners to you. God, may our hands and feet bring you glory. May the things we speak glorify you. The things we create, the way we communicate, God, our hearts are to honor you. Will you give us wisdom in the spaces where we feel we lack? Will you give us strength in our weakness, God? And you guys, I was praying earlier for you, and I just felt like there's somebody listening that has developed a business strategy or a business plan, and you keep refining this plan. I literally saw you like going back and rewriting stuff and fixing it and refining it, and you're actually using that. I'm laughing because I've been there. But you're using that refining process for your business plan as more of a um, distraction because you're so fearful of moving forward in this business. But I just want to confirm for you that yes, God has called you into this business and you need to stop procrastinating and pick up that plan and move it forward because he has opportunity for you. He is orchestrating it. You need to just do it afraid and be fearful of God because he wants you to move in this. Harness that fear towards him and he's going to help you first find peace, but push it forward and stop distracting yourself with this refining process. Your strategy looks great. Just push it forward. And and I always like to say, if that word, um, if you're connecting with that, will you just reach out to Dawn so we can celebrate with yeah. you and we can just honor you and give God all the glory for just speaking life into your creative process. I think that's really powerful. So Jesus, we thank you for today. Bless these listeners and Dawn, and thank you for all how she's serving you and just bringing such wisdom into this space. We honor you, God. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jenny, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. I feel like I have a new bestie by my side. This has been awesome. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to thank my guest, Jenny Randall, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 025. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. This show is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Download our free daily planning tool, The Peak Page, at donsadler.com peak. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening. <laughs>